you've fallen down the rock and roll rabbit hole. Welcome back to Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole. Right on. I'm Kevin Gibson. And I'm Butch Bays. And we are looking forward to bringing you some more fun today. Back to the 80s again. Back to the 80s. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. We're, we grew up in the 80s, so yeah. it influenced us heavily. So what's the song this week, Butch? This song came out in 82, 81, somewhere around in there. It's a, right in the, the perfect time, I think, for us. I don't know if anybody's ever done a scientific study to see what's the perfect time for songs to imprint on you. But this song is called Down Under from Men at Work. And uh, boy, is it stuck in our, our brains. Yeah. Well, it came out in 81 in Australia, loop. then finally came out in the U.S. in early 82. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. I'm glad you were there you go. on top of that I stuff. So. Yeah, good. That makes one of us. <laughs> so, since we are talking about the land down under, we have a beer of the week that <laughs> I don't think Butch has ever had, and I haven't had in years and I years haven't had and it. years. Yeah. Foster's. Foster's. Australian for Australian beer. Australian for beer. Now, so, to our Australian friends, yeah. we know this is probably not what you're sitting there drinking. We have some listeners down there. At the pub. This is, yeah. it says on the can, it's brewed in USA. Founded in Australia, brewed in USA. Yeah. I was doing some reading, and I'm, I think it's brewed in Great Britain. Yeah, I think it's brewed in Great Britain now. Uh, conceived in Australia, I believe. Yes. And uh, originally started there. But this is what was marketed to us. As this, Australian yeah. beer, all our lives. This and this and uh, the Outback Steakhouse were marketed to us, exactly us Americans, as something special and you know exotic from the land of plenty and <laughs> yeah. you know. But I, you know, if you're having a Victoria or a, There's I no guess smell. they have a Tuies, whatever they're having down there. There's no smell. We're gonna cheers, cheers you. Good to be back. We yes. A hiatus for the holidays, yeah. and now we're back. And to the play, rabbit and to, hole. Our, and our band played a, a show, so. To the land down under. To the land down under. <laughs> well, that's, land of wonder. that's awful. That's um, pretty. Well, pretty yeah. Well, we'll get through yeah. it. It's only 40 ounces. We'll get through it. <laughs> it's only 40. Is it 40? No, are I these don't 40, know. These are like, yeah. I was thinking, oh, God, that's a, that's a long slog. <laughs> All right, time for the tale of the tape. Down Under is a song by Australian rock band Men at Work. The song was released on Columbia Records in 1981 as the second single from their debut album, Business as Usual. The lyrics depict an Australian man traveling the globe, meeting people who are interested in his home country. Uh, the hit song went number one in their home country of Australia in December of 81, then topped the New Zealand charts. In February of 82, which I guess that's kind of interesting. That's the other land down. That's like yeah. the other white meat, isn't it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, pork. Yep, New Zealand is, is pork. <laughs> it is. Before taking the world by storm. Uh, number one in Australia, the Canada, U.S., Ireland, the U.K., New Zealand, Switzerland. Number two in Netherlands, Norway, South Africa. Number only number six in Belgium, and France hated it. Number fifty five. Of course, France hated it. Why they hate it so bad? What you know? Pastry eating sons of yeah. <laughs> but we were we met this song. I would say with with arms and ears wide. Open. Oh yeah, it was wonderful. Well, the video was great. That was one of the things. Absolutely you know, great. The video yes. was great. I watched it today and was amused as I used to be when I was a teenager. Yeah. Did it take you on back to those days? It really did, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'd forgotten some of the goofy details of that video. But they were willing to sort of 
I don't want to say make fools of themselves, but they were willing to lean into sort of the like a mockish fun video, right? Yeah. Just kind of when other rock stars were trying to look cool, like say Winger, you Winger, know, yeah. Warrant, whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah, this was no cherry pie. No, they were just trying to be fun, you know, yeah. and funny. And, and this is what we appreciate. Exactly. <laughs> I might be a little ahead of the winger time, but you know what I'm saying. It's kind of that so it's, feel. It was yeah. sort of influenced by, by Colin A., the lead front man and co-writer of, yeah. of his own travels around the world and right. meeting people from around the world. It was also somewhat based on like a loosely on a, a comedic character whose name I forgot to jot down. Yeah, but, I heard that too. Yeah, but kind of interesting. Fictional. But like yeah. what's what I found interesting when I was – Researching it, which I had I'd never really researched this song before in my life, was that it was sort of like the Australian version of Born in the USA. I I was hoping we would get to that because it's very very similar. Isn't now, that how interesting? Do you find it similar? Yeah. Well, just because it was it was taken in as a, a like an anthem, yes. a pro you know nationalistic anthem. But hey, we really was sort of trying to point out the. the you kind of the commercialization, the the selling out of Australia, the exploitation, the, yeah, the, of ex, nature, the overdevelopment, yeah. and you sure. know, and and just the way Bruce Springsteen was like, kind of trying to point out similar things about America, America's shortcomings. Yeah, so, and so it was a very similar, like to the pink houses phenomenon, where yeah. people thought pink houses was like, ain't that America, you know? But it was kind of pointing out how you know maybe you're stuck in your class mm-hmm. that you're born in, and yep. and uh, but. Some something about people just latch on to a good chorus that feels yep. like a, a flag waver, even yep. though Colin Hay says it was not that. <laughs> I think for us, we felt like it it, it was not disparaging feeling. To no, the I mean peoples. I think part partly as American teenagers, we saw the video and thought, oh well, they're just having fun with this. This is just a story of some wayward traveler yeah. who gets into weird situations. Very you know, weird situations. As non Australians, we we would never have thought about it. And and as seventeen or sixteen year olds, we never would have thought about that. No, you no. Know? So it sounded like, oh, fun world traveling. Right. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and and yeah, goofy characters and <laughs> yeah. you know, the guy was six foot four and full of muscle and you know that kind of stuff. It's like okay, this is just visual yeah. stuff to just to create characters. But Some strange lady gives him breakfast for yeah. no apparent reason. You takes know, takes him in and gives him breakfast. <laughs> takes him in and gives him breakfast. But uh, it always had a little bit of foreboding to it and a big air of mystery. Did you think like sort of the yeah definitely you know, the strange lady? Uh, you better run. You better take cover. Can you hear the thunder? All that stuff. It all feels a little like. Makes you feel a little bit uneasy, but which adds a, a little depth to it. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down it's a novelty song, yet it ha- it feels like a novelty song, but it has depth. With depth, yeah. When he and he even said it, it's he he called it quote unquote a very important song for him personally. Sure. Because it really was something that he put a lot into, and wanted meaning to be extracted from it, and it just wasn't. Right. You know. Well, the clues were there in the video. And that at the end, they're carrying a road case over yeah. the sand dunes. And it's like, it's a mock funeral. Yeah. Um, and he felt like that was a funeral for like, you know, what Australia could be or like the classic, you know, free roaming land that it was. And it was sort of being sold off, whatever. Yeah. I, I, you know, at first I was a little skeptical that he was maybe retro retroactively engineering meaning to the song. Right. But I think it was there. It yeah, was there. I agree. 
You and know, we, we so. now that we know what kind of a songwriter he is, I think it was definitely intentional. He's an intelligent man. He is. And a thinker. He's yep. a thinker. <laughs> uh, so I wrote down that uh, I was surprised that it wasn't called Land Down Under. Yeah, me too. Land Down Under. <laughs> me too. I, when I Googled it, when I Googled it, I put Land Down Under, and I was like, oh, dang. And it was like, do you mean Down Under? And yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure I do. And I even have the single in there in the other room. I just haven't looked at it in so long. <laughs> I told Google, no, I mean Land Down Under, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so. Uh, Colin Hay immigrated from Scotland like so many Aussies. Uh, did you catch that fact? Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, Like ACDC, also Australian, or I mean uh, Scottish immigrants. Um, his parents owned a music store in Scotland. And mm-hmm. then I don't know what age he was when he ended up in Australia, but I think it just was like a fascinating place to him. So different. Yeah. So big and, you know, more wide open, I'm sure, than... Bigger scorpions he, than Scotland has. Well, probably quite a bit bigger. Bigger yeah. spiders, yeah. <laughs> those, those Scottish scorpions are, are reputed to be very Ooh, small. Ooh, band name. <laughs> Scottish oh, scorpions. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I think one of the things that sold this song, I mean, obviously it was a hit everywhere, everywhere besides France. And uh, Colin Hay's voice is like a trumpet, man. It cuts, yeah. cuts through. It's so unique. He has a lot of control of it. Did yeah. you notice that? He's like, oh, yeah. You know. uh, I, I was thinking today, I compared it a little bit to Sting, but only like he was like even a, a you know more controlled version of that. Yeah, you know? I could see that. Uh, but if you think of like, like say a Rod Stewart as sort of a woodwind sounding instrument, maybe Stevie Nicks, you know, uh, Colin Hayes, just a, he's a brass, just a brass <laughs> instrument all the way. Interesting, yeah, interesting. <laughs> so... Uh, what do you know about the uh, the beginnings of this song, the writing? Well, that was Ron Stryker. He came up with a like a a rhythm and a bass line, right? And then when he brought it, yeah. to Colin, and Colin was the one who kind of took it from there. And from what uh, I read, again to mention a part of the video, you know when the the drummer's like banging on the bottles, yeah, and and, and then he knocks the last one off. You know, I've watched that about fifty times over the last <laughs> couple of days. But Ron Stryker actually played it on. On bottles, bottles with yeah, varying levels. Bottles. Of I was thinking glasses, but well, I, yeah, 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 one or the and other. Different, different water, different levels of water in it to, to make it. Come That's kind the, of a neat instrument, yeah. really. But the the song actually starts with that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of like it's a good sound. But um, Colin Hay described it as very evocative, you know, music on the cassette tape that he heard that helped mm-hmm. him, and he had the land down under kind of phrase going through his head and he put them together but boy it just it yeah. turned out into a well what's interesting nice is piece. did you listen to the uh, the original version of the song uh yeah it's almost like got a reggae swing yeah much slower yeah. and it was what i found interesting was it was it was put on a 45 as the b-side to a song called key punch operator key punch operator which <laughs> never surfaced on a Men That Work album. How did it not? Because this was a B-side to that. Right. <laughs> but that wound up being their biggest hit by far. Oh, absolutely. So but, it's just interesting that they thought more of Key Punch Operator in, in, the t- in 1980. Right. And, it, and, and I, I was just thinking about it, how when you get a song to a producer and a producer says, oh, well, let's do this. Yeah. It can completely transform everything. 
And it did. It did. And and the you know, and the band thought, well, it's a B side, we'll just you know but they got into the studio, oh we you know like, well we have this, right? Yeah, it became the producers uh, like, Ooh, let's do this, let's speed it up a little, let's get you know, and then bam, suddenly It went it's from a, sort it's of a hit. Yeah, it went from sort of a relaxing, chilled out, still a good sounding song. But then all of a sudden it was just pop goodness you know yeah. it had that the, the pace was picked up it became it sort of took it out of the reggae world and almost started to step towards the ska world in my mind the way it started yeah, to ska, sound like ska pop or whatever yeah ska pop. it was very 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 poppy but. yeah but i mean what a great i mean it really went over uh, the album business as usual spent 15 weeks at number one first time mm-hmm. for a debut album ever so we were introduced to these characters through the song who can it be now Mm-hmm, yep. And that video, which was really murky and mysterious, because it, it was yeah. obviously got had some mental issues hiding in his apartment, right? Mm-hmm. But um, they wanted, I think they felt like Down Under was going to be their single after they made the album. And the album and the uh, record company, Columbia, Interesting. went with that. Who Can It Be Now? And I think that just teed this up perfectly. It was like a well-played strategy. Well, that's true. It, it did sort of like, once they had a hit with that... Then people were hungry for something else. True, and I think Down Under was better, a better song. Both, right. of, I love both of those songs. I do but, love both yeah. those songs. Funny, I when the second album came out, I really liked Overkill. I've got yes. that single, and a lot of people didn't like that. It wasn't Ooh. nearly as big of a hit, but I don't know if I liked it as much. But in retrospect, yeah. that song was a little more of a serious a little darker yeah yeah i mean this guy he said he had a quote here he said um let me see um oh, i gotta find this you can cut this out right when you edit it. yeah I'll, I'll, uh, yeah <laughs> anytime especially if i stumble i'm gonna he said we caught a lot of breaks <laughs> but we had a lot to offer and i think this guy's an excellent songwriter uh musician guitar player like he does he's got it all yeah and he's really intelligent. And it made me think that maybe the cream does rise to the top. Maybe it's not as random as we think it is in the music business, you know, where somebody just pops up because they got a funny face and dimples. Well, then explain government cheese, my friend. Look it up, kids. <laughs> Look it up. The greatest band that never made it. Government yeah, cheese. Yeah, they are the greatest band that never made it. Is that a song yet? Uh, no, it's a book. Oh, well, <laughs> That's, yeah, okay. That, Tommy wrote that maybe book. Maybe there should be a song. Maybe we should write that. We'll song. lift that title. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so one of the things that hooked us as kids yes. were all the Australian phrases that we didn't have any idea what they were talking about. I felt like it was listening to a song in another language, <laughs> but yet you sort of understood it, right? Uh-huh. Most of it. Most so, of it. I want to go through a couple of these. Okay, good. So you're going to regret this, by the way. Okay, good. I'm no, I'm fine. All right, good. <laughs> so a fried out combi. Yes. So the traveler is is traveling in a fried out combi, which is just a beat up old van. Yeah, a VW bus. Uh-huh. I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't care what he was saying. No, nope. really. I yeah. didn't. I didn't care at all. Right. <laughs> and so uh, there were. He was inside with a head full of zombie. Right. And you know what that was, Butch? Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I believe it's a drug reference. That is some it's kind of a, known variety. A type of very strong marijuana that was popular in Australia at the time. Right. <laughs> Didn't so know that. This is we, a, this is no a family show, but uh, yes. we have to report the facts. We want to extrapolate, yes. Um, and I love the, the line, where beard us flow and men shunder. 
Yes, we like that a lot. Chunder means to vomit. <laughs> right. See, because Lord knows I've chundered many times. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, ch- I chunder AF. <laughs> yeah, we're probably gonna chunder after the Fosters. After drinking um, this, yeah. Yes, but I kind of want to chunder right I'm now. Pretty sure we are, but uh, I wish we knew all this back then. In a way, it would have been rich start. Well, but it, it really, it was one of our first introductions to Australian culture. Maybe the first in a way. Yeah, yeah, and so that's part of what made it such an interesting record. And of course, we we didn't know what Vegemite was. No. So he goes in to buy some in some bread, and the the six foot four guy that's full of muscle <laughs> yeah. hands him just he just smiles. He hears he hears his accent. Yeah. He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich, and and I used to think that he was saying and gave me a bite of my sandwich. Well, like that doesn't oh, make yeah. sense because it's, it's his sandwich. You, your your mind was kind of making was trying it, to well, translate yeah. it. Yeah. So Vegemite, I've never tried it. I haven't either. But so it's time. Oh no, that we we remedy this. Oh no, I what have you brought, done? I think we need more prop comedy on the show. Oh my god! So tonight. I have brought all the elements we need. If you will describe what you're Speaking seeing. Speaking of chunder. If, if you will describe what you're seeing here for so our Butch podcast. Butch has got friends. some bunny bread. Yes. He's got some butter, looks like. Yes. Paper plates. <laughs> a kitchen knife. A kitchen knife, which I'm going to stab him with later. And, and uh, this looks like toxic packaging. Fragile. Yeah. And the Vegemite bottle. The oh smallest God. amount I could get because I don't feel like we're going to be uh, getting back I, oh into my this. God. So would you like to have so, your own sandwich or would you like to share a half a sandwich with your friend? Just just give me one of those. Yeah, just put make a sandwich and we'll cut it in half. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So while you're doing that, <laughs> yes. I will say that, that my ex-brother-in-law, who's also named Butch, <laughs> right. when I was still married to... To my ex-wife, yes, he and his family went to Australia, and oh. he tried Vegemite. Did he? <laughs> and Vegemite is this black. It's, it's. I've got a description in here. It's like black yeast. It's a. It's a, a fermented <laughs> yeast spread. <laughs> And yeah, that that uh, people in Australia either love it or they hate it. It's like cilantro. Oh, they they like or not down there. Even I thought Yo, they ate it yeah, like they either love it or they hate it. So I got the worst bread available well, at the store. Only appropriate. Yes, I felt like this should be a, a really trashy. You know. So another great story that Butch told when he got back was yeah because this was the age of the Outback Steakhouse. Right. People were drinking Fosters and eating at Outback Steakhouse. He actually went into. A restaurant in Australia and asked for a blooming onion. Did he? He said they laughed him out of the did place. Did they really? Yeah. He, he did. asked for one? He did. did. They say we don't know they what you're said, talking what about. What the hell is a blooming onion? And he, he explained this. Well, we've got this Australian restaurant back there, and they were, they just laughed at him. They were like, That is they're, funny. They were like, Bloke, you've, you've been led on, you know. Bloke. <laughs> so, so I Googled how to make a proper Vegemite sandwich. Okay. And uh, the the instructions this this bread does not have a lot of integrity by the way yeah because usually they put it on toast but yeah but anyway so yeah well yeah it said uh, butter both pieces of bread a little you You're know like insane. a thin coat of butter oh no this is good this is 
This is a great experiment for people at home who may not have access to Vegemite. So while you're still preparing our little snack here, <laughs> yeah. um, it's also so my my ex-brother-in-law Butch and, and ex-sister-in-law Kim and yes. their son Michael, yeah. they have a company called B&K Enterprises. Totally interesting. And they are the foremost Elvis <laughs> costume makers in the world. In and the world. so if you saw the Elvis movie that came out last year, the biopic, uh, they contributed, I think, 50 or 60 costumes to that movie. And they're from right here in our and, neck of the and woods. And they were potentially in line to win an Oscar for, for design. And really? I don't think it happened. Wow. Yeah, but They were in line? Can you imagine if they had an Oscar in there? I mean, when? and they've, they you know, if there was a movie called uh, Leaving, no, Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah. The flying, the flying Elvises. Elvises, yeah, they made most Isn't of those costumes crazy? or all of them. Yeah, they. So anytime, folks, you see an Elvis movie or an Elvis costume, there's a very, very good chance that my ex brother and sister in law and my ex, my nephew, who I'm still in touch with, how insane, uh, made the, that costume. So it, I don't know. We, we, we bring all sorts of things here on Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, <laughs> yeah. or at least we attempt to. We have little side road trips. Meanwhile, Butch is making us a black sandwich. <laughs> yes. So the, what I've been told is a little Vegemite goes a long way. It's a, like n- Nutella from hell. <laughs> but a little Vegemite goes a long Just, way. You got a whole jar. Just go ahead and spread you it wanna, on there. You want to have a little good... Let's get the good, full, full okay. force of this, this right. madness. All right. We're going to... We're going to really try. This is insane. Why do you do this to me? I can't smell it very good right now, which might be uh, That's in my, probably a in blessing. Favor. Yeah. What, what do you think? A little yeah, more? A little yeah. more, yeah. A little Put, more. Try to fill in some of those patches little, there. Yeah, I don't know what this bread is just like. Yeah, it's, we need toast, but I don't have a toaster, so yeah. <laughs> I don't really eat toast. I kind of made toast ahead of time, but I didn't think. Man, this bread is just like garbage. It just doesn't Garbage. Eat. All right. He's All right. making the sandwich now. All right. The sandwich has been assembled. He's cutting it in half now. We're going to cut it in We're half. We're going to be the, the most Australian we can possibly be as middle-aged <laughs> white guy Americans. In Kentucky. In Kentucky. Because <laughs> we've got Vegemite sandwiches and we've got Foster's and we're going to eat these at the same time. We're going to celebrate this song. We're going to celebrate Australia and the minute work. Cheers, brother. Cheers. <laughs> well... I expected that to be a lot worse. Oh wow, it's an odd flavor. <laughs> Different. It's like it's like soy sauce in a paste. <laughs> it, is. it is. It's salty. It's salty as heck. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. I do not hate it. I sort of wanted to hate it. Oh my god, I don't hate it. <laughs> You're gonna split that with me. <laughs> <laughs> I got all this Vegemite. I'll I'll let you have that that jug. I don't. Isn't that th- that's that's really interesting. I, oh, it is. I like extreme flavors. Right. That's pretty extreme. I would say. I would eat that on crackers with cheese. Yeah, man. I might do that tonight. There's a cheese flavored version. This is my dinner. <laughs> okay, folks. If you have access to Vegemite, if you like extreme flavors, salty flavors, um, pungent, right, savory pungent. flavors. Yeah. I would say this is something you should try. Right. It has a little more, like, you know, in relation, like, sort of to, like, a cheese whiz kind of. Except. Without the cheesy part. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Fun. Okay. <laughs> that was not not a bad experiment. No. I thought the humor of this would be we would be gagging and so, suffering. 
So Colin Hay, yes, has kept the song alive in his acoustic sets. He recorded an acoustic version for one of his albums, um, titled "Man at Work." What and a perfect album title! He actually plays that uh, the Key Punch Operator song. He plays that sometimes live. Oh, he does. Yeah, it's still around. Oh, I want to seek that out. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah there, there are a couple of live videos of it. Fun. So, um, did we get all three all your terms there? The the terms we didn't understand. Yeah, those are the, those are the ones that I okay good. <laughs> um. So I guess we should get to the to the kind of the bad news was that yeah in yeah. 2009 the band was sued by a, a, someone who owned the rights to an Australian children's song called Kookaburra and he sued the songwriters claiming that the flute riff was copied off that song some 28 years later or yeah. so yeah you know and and everybody was cool till then and so it was it was Greg Ham who wrote that part? And of course, Greg swore that he had never heard that song before in his life. Yeah, he was the, yeah. the attractive, you know, like little like flute player or flautist and saxophonist for that band. And um, he was, you know, great in the videos, really fun. Yep. But apparently, he didn't take it well that they got uh, sued. Yeah. Uh, what happened was Adam Mills, the host of a music quiz show in Australia called Spicks and Specks. Ask, uh, name the nursery rhyme this riff is based on. They played a little bit of Land Down Under. And everybody was like, let's just Land Down Under, right? Land Down Under. Oh, and he's like, no. And, uh, or, oh, no, the other team uh, said, Kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. And he's like, that is correct. And that's what brought it to light. No one had worried about it for years. Man. Did it make you sort of sad that yeah. you had to come to that? Well, and hey, that was my dog Atticus, if you heard that. <laughs> Atticus, go back to sleep. score. <laughs> he decided to walk into the room. Um, so uh, the the saddest part was... Well, I've got uh, a little, little more background on that. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. It was written by Marion Sinclair in 1932, oh, yeah, and she yeah. gave it to the Australian version of the Girl Scouts to sing as a round... Uh, at their the, campfire, the Gold Scouts, <laughs> the Gold Scouts. <laughs> yes, and uh, it even came to the United States. We were familiar with that song as a kid, I believe. And um, but anyway, they sued for I think they said twenty five percent is what they wanted of the song's earnings, which would probably be millions and millions of dollars. Um, it was Larrikin. Uh, Larrikin Publishing had bought the rights to the song from like the Australian National Trust. But anyway, they were the the judge sided with Larrikin and awarded them five percent of the earnings, only going back five years, which right. was a hundred thousand. But Colin Hay said it cost four point five million, million to defend. Yeah. So go ahead with uh, Greg Ham's. Well, uh, just that uh, he told the Melbourne's the Age newspaper. It'll be the way the song is remembered, and I hate that. I'm terribly disappointed that that's the way I'm going to be remembered for copying something. And Colin Hay believes that that's what sent him to his grave. He died just like four years later. Yeah, depression, drinking, depression. and maybe even heroin. Yes. Yep, and and that was the Which that was the end of him. Yeah. You know, to say he didn't take it well, you know, it, it killed him at an early age. He was 56, I believe. And he only died uh, like three years after the lawsuit, yeah. you know. Yep. Very sad because, I mean, he just seemed like a kind of a good dude and kind of a fun guy. I mean, damningly, in the video, he's sitting in a in a tree playing that song to a koala bear. Yeah. But it just felt very kookaburra. And 
And yes, they quoted the riff from Kookaburra, obviously. But it's sort of like, I feel like it's like a Mary Had a Little Lamb it's Almost a tribute, feel. yeah. Yeah, it's a tribute to Australia, to Australian-ness, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it feel, feels like a public domain situation, yeah. even though I guess technically in court it was not. But it really sent that guy on a bad spiral. That's what you so. call a money grab. That I, that's exactly a money grab. Sad, sad money grab. Yep. And that's, Terrible. And that potentially ended a man's life. There's a human cost to that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yep. Because it took his best thing in life, probably. His little flute part on that. And then he had that one hit. He yep. got to play it around the world. And then... This happens. Yep, and it just deflates all of it. It took his and most wonderful thing. Yeah, it, I mean, it, you know, there. Are, I have worries sometimes when we release songs. What if we accidentally stole this? You know, right? I, mean, I wrote a riff that literally, I lifted un, without realizing it, lifted from the Bare Naked Ladies song. It's all been done, which is so ironic, <laughs> right? You know. But the thing is, as not long we as we make don't any make money, any money, right, we're, we're not, probably okay. We're not making any money, but still, you know, I, I still worry about that, you know, like, so I don't, you know, it's just, it's, what a, what a sad cautionary tale, if you will, I don't it know. It is, it is. Uh, he was, actually, when, when Men at Work went on tour, like in their first big run there in 82, 83, when they toured the world and probably played a huge places they were i guess they were together too much it was five men you know kind of on a bus and on a plane and they end up not getting along so well and it seemed like the only survivors in minute work were greg ham and uh, colin hay were the two guys that stayed in the band after that initial run but it kind of sandbagged them for a while with the court you know like litigation over rights and stuff i guess going forward when they were trying to get to where they could go on as men at work without the other three guys. Yeah. But I feel like that's why they ended up being what I think is a chunk of gold that ended up being a flash in the pan yeah. because they missed their window then. They couldn't continue. Like you say, the Overkill song was good. That next yeah. album sounded pretty yeah. good. But they couldn't support it. So they went away. Colin Hay now in Ringo's All-Star Band. Oh, yeah. I read about that. So... That's kind of a as was our fun friend show. Wally Palmer from the Romantics. There you go. He was for for one tour. Ringo kind of collects, I think, good people, yeah. good hangs. You know, people that are good to be around, like Steve Luthaker, like uh, Edgar Winter, like uh, our buddy or your buddy Wally Palmer, and Colin Hay himself seems like a, a you know really delightful yeah. guy. He seems and, in you know, in interviews he seems like a really just a really gentle human being. Yep, gentle, Love intelligent. Me. Yep. Well, it felt good to be back on the horse. It really did. I mean, I'm surprised that I that I really kind of like the Vegemite. I'm looking forward to trying some more. <laughs> I really am. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat it on crackers with cheese. How surprised are you? I'm very surprised. I felt like we might get along with Foster's more than Vegemite. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad that you brought that in. I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to trying some more of it because I, yeah. I love soy sauce and that's what it reminds me of. You know, anything fermented apparently I like because I like the beer. <laughs> I like the, yeah. I like the, the Vegemite. Kind of crazy. I'm going uh, to Instagram this later. <laughs> 100%. That's great. That's great. Uh, you but can anyway. follow me at, at, at KG Ramon, K-G-R-A-M-O-N-E. 
<laughs> there you go. Thanks for joining us on another uh, episode of uh, Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole. It's season two, uh, sort of uh, trudges on, <laughs> crawls, crawls. <laughs> you know, we're gonna get season two in, and then I, I've got some thoughts about maybe making a, a new set for season three. Okay. We didn't straighten our we didn't straighten our backdrop here, but oh, well. forgive us for that. But anyway. We want to dedicate this episode to Greg Ham. May he rest yeah. in peace, a, a rock and roll brother lost along the way. And to Colin Hay, wherever he may be, I think we realize his his genius, even though he's sort of kind of more famous here just as a fun, funny, you know, semi, you know, novelty feeling, yeah. you know. But uh, he made us, you know, fall in love with Australia, I believe, and opened the way, paved the way for the... Crocodile Dundee movies. And yeah, that's whatnot. right. That's right. <laughs> but we're going to pick a song and we'll be back. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for coming around. Cheers. Cheers. I don't hate it. I do not hate it. I sort of wanted to hate it. <laughs> <laughs>